Hey girl, and welcome to the Unapologetic Podcast with your host, Nina Webb, aka at the Unapologetic Mentor. This podcast is your one-stop shop for all things mindset, manifesting, personal branding, and more. After building a successful business, mentoring over 100 women, and hitting 10K months in just over a year, teaching social media and sales strategy, I realized I was completely unhappy. I checked out, I packed up my shit, and I moved halfway across the world to the island of Bali. I realized there that I'd been keeping myself small. I'd still been doing what other people told me I needed to do to be successful. Now I help female business owners realize there are no shoulds in business and you don't have to be like anyone else. The real secret to success is being more of your damn self. We're here to take radical accountability for your own life and awaken your most unapologetic, no fucks given self and turn that into an authentic brand. I'll be spilling the tea about what it really takes to build the life of freedom you've always dreamed of, including one key ingredient, almost delusional belief in yourself. So grab a cup of coffee or a herbal green tea and let's dive in to the episode. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to the podcast. So today's episode is one that has been requested a lot in my DMs the past few days um, since the conversation I've been having around the state of the coaching industry and the different problems in the coaching industry and how we can improve on them, how we can better them. So I am about to jump on an Instagram live and I will be recording this podcast at the same time. So this will be a live excerpt. So bear in mind, people might be popping in, I might be speaking to them and things like that, but I wanted to upload it to the podcast as well. So hope you enjoy this one. I feel like it's a topic which really needs addressing and needs speaking about right now. And it's something I'm very passionate about. So hope you like it. Purpose of this live, and I'm recording it for the podcast as well, if you listen to the podcast, is talking about the state of the coaching industry right now. Since I shared the post, I shared a few days ago, probably a lot of you know which one I'm talking about. I have had a lot of messages coming through and people sharing their own stories, their own coaching stories, their own things that have happened. Um, And I actually, the theme that a lot of people mentioned, I actually got requested to do this as a podcast episode or live, was that nobody talks about like how to actually choose a mentor and like how to how to pick someone that's ethical, how to avoid certain things like red flags to avoid. I'm going to look at some red flags in this live, in this podcast episode as well. Because honestly, the amount of stories I've had the past few days has been wild. And it's one thing when I shared the uh, post about the mentor um, that I had, it's one thing to think I had a bad experience and to think, you know, maybe it was just me, maybe I had a bad experience, maybe she's not that bad. And then to have had five people come forward since then, five people that I know of who have left this mentor's one-to-one for the same reasons as me, and someone who bought her course bundle in August for a thousand pounds to never have received it, like that is just wild. And it made me realize like this needs to be spoken about and some advice needs to be given on this topic. So. I'm going to create a forum as well. I've just been talking to Alanis about this in the DMs. I'm going to create a forum, like you guys might have seen on my stories yesterday, to vet mentors and coaches and where you can share anonymously, if you desire anonymously, but the main thing is that we call out the coach. I'm going to create a forum to share your experiences in the coaching space, share good experiences, bad experiences. And then based off that, I'm going to create a list. I don't want to call it a blacklist. I'm going to 
like a beware list, I guess, of kind of coaches to look out for. And like, don't get me wrong, I've had some amazing coaching experiences. Like I've had really good experiences with coaches, but I think the problem with the coaching industry right now is there's no regulation. And like, I'm not, I don't work for the government. <laughs> I can't create a government body. Hi Liv. Um, yeah, I can't create a governing body or anything like that to regulate the, the industry. But what I can do is create this forum. And from the sounds of it, Facebook is looking like a good option. That is the option to post anonymously directly on Facebook. Thanks Alanis for, for letting me know about that. So there's that option as well. So you can share completely anonymously. Okay, so I've actually got notes for once in my life. I never have notes for lives or for my podcast literally ever. Um, so this is a, a rare one if you know me. Um, boy, have I got some experiences to share. I'm sure you have Alanis. Honestly, like I think it's so interesting that and I was commenting this to you, the fact that people don't necessarily share these experiences publicly. Like people will happily say it to me in the DMs, but they're scared to share it publicly. And I think a large part of this is they're scared of repercussions or they're scared that, you know, that person will come after them. And that's the whole point of this forum and posting anonymously. And the idea is that when you kind of, the idea, the vision that I have for the forum is that when you want to go invest in someone, kind of using this as like a process to check, you know, actually what experiences have other people had? You know, the same way how you might Google someone, I'm just moving my podcast mic closer, <laughs> the same way you might Google someone, but you know, if it's a smaller mentor, there might not be any, any results for them. So the Facebook forum will be the place to go for that. Okay, red flags, I'm looking at my notes. Number one, using only money marketing especially if a program guarantees you a certain income, like guarantees you 10K months. I've had some conversations in the DMs recently with people who have literally worked with someone and they've been guaranteed like a 10K month. Red flag number one, using only money marketing and yeah, being guaranteed a 10K month. Like this is wild. I had a conversation with someone in the DMs um, about how she joined a program and she was guaranteed a 10K month and it was like a different modules and the last module was only unlocked after she hit a 10K month. Like she literally had to show proof that she hit a 10K month for them to unlock the last module of this program or whatever it was. And the whole reason was because apparently you couldn't, you could get a, what's the word? You could only apply for a refund if you had completed the whole program. So that's kind of what the the theory behind that was. But just in general, anyone that only that is trying to guarantee you a certain amount of income, big red flag. Trying to guarantee you a 10K month, whatever it is. No one can guarantee you any amount of income. There's so many factors that go into making income. Like I'll be the first to admit, like I started Soul Social during the pandemic. That's why it grew so quickly. Like there's circumstances surrounding it. Depends on where you're at in business, depends what type of business you have, depends on how much you build your brand up. Like there's so many factors. And so no one could come in and say, you know, this program is gonna guarantee you 10K. And yeah, just people that only use money marketing to talk about their results. You know, some people where every single post is, here's how I hit a 50K month, here's how uh, my client did this. Um, and just a point related to that is people only talking about their own results, but not sharing client results. I personally find that a bit of a red flag as well. I think if you're brand new as a coach, like that, that makes a lot more sense where you haven't had clients yet. But if you're like quite an advanced coach and most of the time you're just talking about your own income, for example, say if you're a business coach and you're not sharing stuff about your clients, like, I don't know, I find that a little bit of a, of a red flag, say for a business coach, because 
for me, honestly, like I celebrate my client results more than my own results. And I don't really talk about income, but you know, whatever that result is, whatever, whatever they've shared, say if it's new confidence, say if it's them doing their first live or something like that, like I literally celebrate that more than me hitting 5k month or whatever it is. Um, money marketing. I want to know what everyone's thoughts are on that. What do you guys think about the whole money marketing thing? Because, you know, on the one hand, I do think the coaching industry has done a positive thing in that at least it's opened up the conversation about money. At least it normalizes talking about money, um, which growing up in the UK, it wasn't normal. Like no one shares a salary, like no one shares how much they earn or their money goals or anything like that. So that is a positive thing, I guess, from that's come out of this. But I think the thing with this is some coaches just take it way way too far the other end where like every single piece of content is about his how to make x amount and you know i do know some good coaches who do still use money marketing like there's a few that i do still follow but if they're only like solely talking about money in their say in their results in everything else if they're solely talking about money and that might be a little bit of a red flag um, because that shows that that's the number one thing they prioritize in their life, in their business, in their clients. So it's just something to bear in mind. Like I'm not saying that automatically going to be a horrible coach or a horrible person, but it's just something to think about. Hey, Linny. I'm going to wait about people coming in. I hate money marketing, but you can't deny it works. Yeah, exactly. It fucking worked for me. Like it fucking worked for me. Like when I had my 10K month in, in May, like well, all the way in May last year, it fucking worked. Like I create a content around it all the time and it worked, it converted. Um, but this is a big reason I moved away from business coaching and like more into mindset. And like the only aspect of strategy I still really talk about is branding and, and personal branding and kind of finding the intersection between mindset, becoming your most unapologetic, self moving away from people pleasing becoming more confident and turning that your most unapologetic real self into an authentic brand and that's kind of where i found the intersection but uh, you won't really catch me teaching you about sales and things like that anymore i feel like there's a lot of manipulation using money marketing yeah yeah and i think a thing about money marketing as well is that say if a coach is sharing client results like I often find, and we just uh, spoke about this, Alanis, about coaches taking credit for client results when they shouldn't really be taking credit for it, if that makes sense. Like say with money marketing, like yes, like certain techniques can help you like earn more money. And you know, say if um, someone already had a thriving business and then they work with a business coach to help them with social media, say Instagram, because they didn't have any clue how to sell on Instagram, but they were doing really well on say like Etsy or something else if it was product-based. And then that boosted their sales, boosted their traffic from Instagram, like that's fair enough, like you can credit the coach for that. But say if someone is already doing super well in their business and then the coach takes full credit for like their business growing or whatever milestones they hit, like that's the stuff I find a bit problematic. Alanis was just sharing some stories with me as well in terms of like, results that clients had had and then coaches still using that a year later and still claiming it was their current client or claiming that building a particular story around it that didn't really happen you know so i think that's kind of the danger of it which business do you deal for i have my own business <laughs> answer that question i don't work for anyone else 
Um, so, this one I've never actually seen spoken about apart from on one um, account that was kind of like debunking the coaching industry and kind of sharing stuff around that. Um, massively increasing their prices suddenly. Like, no one speaks about this, but increasing their prices, like randomly doubling them. Like, no one talks about this, but that's kind of unethical and weird. Like, in business, it's normal to increase your prices over time gradually, and two major factors, well, don't mind me, two major factors in that are inflation and when you gain new skills and new knowledge. But when coaches are just randomly doubling their prices, but for no apparent reason, just like, oh, I just feel like doubling my prices, like, that's a bit weird, I find. I don't understand how you can justify, you know, having coaching at 5k and then suddenly it becomes 10k. I don't know, like... I find that a bit strange, unless they have some kind of reasoning behind it. Like for me, probably my one-to-one -one coaching will increase when I launch my mastermind because my one-to-one -one clients are gonna get access to the mastermind and as well as on top of all the other one-to-one -one stuff. So that's probably a reason to increase, but I'm only gonna increase it slightly. Like I don't know exactly what yet, but definitely not gonna double it. And then I've seen coaches double their prices and then half them half them again like saw coaches do that for black friday like they had just doubled their their prices and then they halved it and i was like i don't understand so so what is so what was everything you said last week about your need to double the price not true like it was a bit it was a bit weird okay next one no refund or exit clause in the contract when you join any program or sign with any coach read the contract really carefully um and the last person I worked with, there was no exit clause in the contract, but thankfully she ended up letting me out of the contract anyway. But a lot of people wouldn't even think to ask. Like I, for a long time, put off asking because I was like, oh, there's no point asking because she's probably not gonna let me out. So what's the point of me asking? And they do it for exactly that reason. Um, so read the contract carefully. Like my contract personally has an exit clause that you can leave whenever you want. It has a refund policy as well. Um, you have like an anonymous feedback form to give me feedback as well. I ask for feedback throughout the coaching as well. That's a big thing. A lot of coaches I work with never ask for feedback. Um, and I think it's really important to, to check in with your clients just to make sure they're finding the coaching okay. If there's anything they want tailoring, changing, you know, I think that's a really important thing as well. What do you guys think about contracts? Have you guys ever had any kind of experiences like that with contracts? Almost every contract I've ever seen has like not had any kind of exit clause or anything like that I would say like 90% of them so and that's that's a problem and like I said sometimes I do it deliberately to make sure that you won't try and ask for a refund but it's honestly just a bit wild that these contracts exist and like I said I think it's because there isn't any regulation I'm drinking my coffee with a straw because I'm whitening my teeth at the moment um it's not going very well yet. <laughs> I've only been doing it for two days, but that's why literally my mum's uh, friend came over this morning. She was like, why do you have a straw in your drink? <laughs> well, the next one is when they tell you to do things a certain way. Like they say to you things like you should do this, you shouldn't do that. And they tell you to introduce certain things in your life, in your business. Um, the way I operate is, you know, I'm not here to tell my clients to do anything. The whole point is I'm here to guide them and if they want my advice, I'll give it. But the way I usually do it is I present multiple options and like multiple strategies, say or multiple options, whatever it is, and say which one feels good to you. 
if someone is telling you, you know, you should only work with this person, you should niche down to this, you have to do this, you have to launch this program, you should create a program about XYZ, you should create this offer. Um, and saying that like, that's what you need to do. For me, that's a bit of a red flag. And it's kind of, sometimes you can see that from people in their marketing, but this might be one that you only see as well when you actually start working with them, unfortunately. Um, wait. Oh yeah, and then on that point, I also had a story in the DMs of how someone's coach told them to create content around this, their current program, whatever it was, was gonna help people achieve 100K months, I think, or something, oh no, become six figure business owner, that was it. And was saying like, you should use this in your marketing. And she was like, but technically I'm not a six figure business owner. Like I'm close, but I'm not yet. And I don't wanna talk about it until I actually become one. And then the coach was like, no, you should do that. Like, it's fine. Like you're really close. And we're trying to pressure her to do that. Like, I don't know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's crazy to me. That's crazy. Yep, this gives me the ick. Honestly, all of these give me the ick. <laughs> I should create this as a game and be like, which of these red flags have you ever spotted? Um, it should be a drinking game. <laughs> Having too many clients. Oh my God, this one. This one relates directly to my experience with, with the mentor that a lot of you know who I'm talking about. Um, that took on 30 clients this month. 30 clients. Two of them were in masterminds. Masterminds are meant to be high level coaching. Like a lot of the way coaches advertise masterminds is it's practically one-to-one -one coaching. Like it's like high level as you get. How on earth are people gonna get high level coaching if there's 30 people? And that doesn't count her one-to-one -one clients. Like she never even actually revealed how many one-to-one -one clients she has. I think she has maybe around, from when she worked with me, I think maybe around nine, eight or nine, if I had to hazard a guess. I have maximum five at any time. Cause it's just like, you can't keep up with that many people. No, not one-to-one, -one, but that was across masterminds. I think that was across like two masterminds and a mini mind. Again, they're meant to be like high level coaching. Like how on earth is it gonna be high level when you have like 20 people in one container? Like how is she gonna have the time to answer to all of those people every day? Because the whole idea is in masterminds, like you get access to them every day. Like you get to ask the message, uh, send the messages every day, ask them questions every day. So her replies must be like one word lines to all of these people. Hi Becky, hi Jody. Yeah, wild. Dirty clients. The more you know, <laughs> the more you know. Um, yeah, because that just tells you like they are not prioritizing their clients, they're just prioritizing the money. Like they're just prioritizing hitting whatever that goal is because they know like anyone who's in coaching knows that you can't give all your energy to like that many clients. That's why like I said, I see one-to-one -one as like an exclusive thing and I have maximum like five clients. In my mastermind, like when I relaunch my mastermind, I think I'll have maximum like six, possibly eight. No, but I think I wanna do six just so everyone has a better experience. You speak like a TED speaker, thank you. I say that as a compliment. Wild. Okay, next one. Pressuring you on a discovery caller in the DMs, trying to overcome your objection. Anytime there's kind of a um, overcome objections vibe in a sales call or in the DMs, I instantly like back away from that coach. Um, just because there's a few reasons for that. Number one, if they're kind of as successful as they're saying, why do they need to pressure you? 
why don't they just trust that the right client will come along? Why do they, you know, need the sale if they're doing as well as they say? First consideration. Second one, like when you pressure people into joining you, people are going to join out of a lack energy, out of a lack mindset. And they're going to join from a place of fear and scarcity. And I never want anyone to start working with me out of fear. And that's just the fact. So whenever anyone tries to pressure me in the DMs trying to overcome my objections, so like an example is, I'm going to wait a few people come in. Hello, Zara. Hey, Zoe. Hey, James. Hey, Tamla. Cool. Yeah. So an example is say, um, I, I shared this on my story. I literally had this on a call the other day. Someone won one of my free coaching calls and we had our call and she said to me on the call, um, I'd love to work with you one-to-one. -one. Like I can't wait for the day we work together one-to-one. -one. Like just, I think now it's not quite the right time. And I could easily, and some coaches teach this, I could easily have gone in and been like, oh, why is now not the right time? Like, are you sure? Like, are you sure you, you're gonna give up on your next level self or whatever it is people say in, in those moments? Um, all I said was like, that's no problem. Cool. Like, I'll send you the options. And when you're ready, they're there. Like, that's it. And that's a clean energy. That's a clean way to invest in, in someone. So yeah, anytime they're pressuring you, anytime they're trying to overcome your objection, red flag. Last red flag. A lot of, in the beginning of the coaching, a lot of we are gonna do this, but not actually doing it. Like not delivering on promises, taking a long time to reply. Um, yeah, I mean, as you saw from my post, this is a lot of what happened with my last investment. Um, I find this quite often though in the coach industry, people kind of bigging up the idea of doing something but not actually following through on it. So there'll be a lot of, oh, my assistant's gonna get to this. Oh, my assistant has this on her to-do list. Oh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna look at this. We're gonna do your content plan. We're gonna look at your sales page. And then I would send it and then I would not get any feedback and we would not actually speak about it. And if you guys have ever thought that about the coaching industry, there's a lot of like promises that are not fulfilled. Like kind of like, we're gonna do this, but not doing it let me know if you've kind of ever experienced that but i want to move on because i'm gonna oh my gosh it's going on for so long i am gonna go and work in a cafe in manchester okay so now some tips of how to invest in the right mentor and i have four big tips with this which i'll recap um so those are kind of some red flags to look out for here's how to invest in the right mentor for you number one do your research Please don't buy into the messaging that's in the industry of you're more empowered if you invest immediately. Like, oh my God, you know, there's people that, you know, just follow me and they buy my one-to-one -one coaching like the next day. I, I can't believe how empowered they are. I can't believe how amazing they are. Okay, first one. Yeah, do your research. And I don't mean just follow someone for a year and take zero action. Like, I don't necessarily mean that because that can sometimes fall into, say if you think you're doing your research, that can fall into just watching and waiting and holding yourself back. But I would say at least give it a few weeks, like getting to know the person. Like I would not advise to just follow someone and then immediately invest with them. Cause you don't really know who they are. And especially if it's one-to-one, -one, it's a lot of money. Like let's be honest, one-to-one -one or a mastermind or anything like that. Maybe join some of their free offers or their lower ticket offers. But also be aware this might not necessarily be the same as their one-to-one -one or their mastermind. Like I've joined free things before and thought like, oh my God, wow, I had so much value from this. But then I've got into one-to-one -one and had like no value, like my last investment. So that can give you an idea of the person, but 
and kind of an idea of whether you agree with them, whether you align with their values and things like that. But don't use that. I wouldn't say use that as the only judge. My biggest advice um, are these points two and three. So point two, ask around. And that's the whole point of why I'm going to do this forum now. If you're about to hire a coach, ask around about them. Like I said, I'm creating this forum where you can share your stories about coaches you've worked with, um, where the coach will be named. That's the whole point that the coach will be named, but you can choose to submit anonymously. Ask if anyone you know worked with them, ask how they found it. This is often what I do before I invest in someone as well. Um, don't just immediately believe their testimonials on Instagram stories. Definitely something I fell into because I was like, wow, you know, looks like she's doing so well. Looks like she's doing amazing, you know, and, and that's the way it seemed from her IG stories. And I fell into that. So don't just immediately believe their testimonials. Sometimes coaches can manipulate testimonials. And I kind of touched on this earlier. Um, that's the, you know, the way that people are still sharing them a year later and claiming that it was a result of, of their work that the client did this. But with my recent experience, um, I remember I was having a really bad time in October, as you guys might remember if you follow me then. Really bad time, literally a dark night of the soul, went offline for like almost a month. This was when I was in Bali. Um, and I, during that time, I was still with this mentor and I was literally about to give up coaching. I was literally about to turn my back on the whole industry on, well, I have turned my back on the industry, but I was about to give up being a coach. And I do believe those two can coexist. Like I do believe I can be a good coach and use coaching as a modality, but exist separately from the industry and criticize what I, someone called it the other day, like the money pyramid in the industry. And I quite like that. And I think you'll know who I'm talking about. And yeah, I think you'll know who I mean. <laughs> yeah, when I kind of say it like that. Um, yeah, so with this, this, this specific coach, I remember that, time I was going through such a hard time and I was literally yeah like about to quit my business like questioning everything I hated working with this coach I'd said to her by the way everything my recent post about my 6k investment everything in there I said to her face like that's why I feel comfortable sharing it um because you know like nothing of it is a surprise um, and literally that day we'd had like a really awful core I'd like been really unhappy and she could probably pick up on my energy and then that same day she shared on Instagram um, helping client N navigate through a really tough time at the moment, huge life and business decisions and helping her create an action plan to move forward. When she was literally one of the biggest reasons I was having this tough time and questioning the entire coaching industry because I realized her coaching was not what I'd signed up for at all. And yet she turned that into a testimonial for her story. And I remember seeing that and I was shocked. And I think that was probably um, one of the things that led me to, to eventually like asking her, can I leave the contract? because that was just shocking to me. And she knew how I felt and she was still, you know, sharing that on her story. So be aware of, you know, those kind of stories, testimonials. Like I said, ask around. Like I've had several clients come to me based off referrals, um, word of mouth. And they've told me that. They've told me like, oh, your past client, you know, X, Y, Z, like recommended you. She said she had a really good time working with you. And like, that's how you know that someone is actually genuine is when they do have good referrals, good word of mouth. Like literally I've had several clients join that way just from people talking about them, seeing me on other people's stories and then having conversations about me. So yeah, don't undervaluate word of mouth. Be aware that if it's just one story, like it might just be that this person didn't click with a coach. Like, so don't necessarily completely judge someone just based off one story. But if you heard a several bad stories about someone, like I would run, I would avoid that person.
Um, I mean, obviously you can still choose to go into it. Like, you know, it's up to you. But yeah, I would be very wary if you've had heard of someone that has a lot of bad stories. Alana said, agree, definitely do not believe everything they post on stories. I've got the tea on this, joining us Facebook group to hear it, yes. I'm gonna hopefully create the Facebook group today when I head into this cafe, bloody finally, it's like 2 p.m. here already. I will create this Facebook group when I, when I head in and I'm gonna start uploading in it, which is very exciting. Um, so, next one, number three. So we've had so far, do you research? How to mess in the right mentor? Do you research? Ask around. Number three, who do you feel connected to? This is the number one question. The number one question. Whose lives do you always tune into? Whose masterclasses do you always go to? Whose stories are like the first stories that you watch? And like, if this person doesn't post, you're like, why are they not on stories? Who activates something in you when you listen to them? Like there's people that you can listen to and you know, you can just kind of like them and kind of like, like what they're saying. But there's people that you listen to and you just think, wow, like after you listen to them, you feel so fired up and you're like, yes, like I'm ready to go listen to that intuition like your intuition is not usually wrong and this is how I've had some amazing coaching experiences so when I invested in this bad experience I fell for the marketing I fell for the money marketing I fell for the milestone she was growing incredibly quickly her coaching prices were about to double um I fell for all of those things so I invested for the wrong reasons and I take full like accountability for that but I have followed my intuition with certain investments before and waited for a while, thought about it, and really worked with someone that I had a connection with, and that has never gone wrong for me. Like, I've had really good experiences with, I'm gonna name the coaches, because I loved working with them, with Tori Gaynor and Milana Saranak. There, I really liked working with them. Even though they use some money marketing, like, from my experiences working with them, they are really active coaches, even though they're doing really well. And they really cared, like at least how it was during our coaching container. I can't speak for now because some of them are a while ago. But they were really amazing experiences. And the reason is I felt so connected to them. And, you know, with Tori, I listened to her podcast for a long time. And I've been on her masterclasses a lot. And I think I bought a course from her. Um, and I really liked how she activated something in me. So that was that reason. With Milana, I felt like she was a very good blander, blend. Bland? very good blend of mindset and strategy. And she was so active when I worked with her. Like she was a lot on mindset and energetics, but also literally we created this Google doc together and she literally like came up with like post headlines for me based on my ideal client and like all this stuff, it was amazing. So there are really good mentors out there who genuinely care. Like that's the biggest thing is like, do they care? Do they want you to, to succeed? Do they want to see results in you? Like, like I said, like I'll care more about my clients doing well and having whatever that result looks like for them like for me with my clients it's not necessarily money milestones for me it's more about a personal milestone like them stepping into a new level of confidence a new level of being unapologetic you know sharing the things they were previously scared to share moving away from people pleasing like for me like that's the biggest transformations i like to see in my clients and i'll celebrate that i don't want this i'm very wary obviously with having this group and with having this conversation i don't want to just completely shit on, on all coaches ever. Cause I think, like I said, there's some, obviously I'm a coach, a mentor. Um, there are some amazing mentors out there and amazing coaches. I met a lot of them in Bali. I met a lot of amazing people really wanting to do amazing work. And like I said, the problem I see is with the industry and the money, I'm gonna call it the money pyramid. And so that's exactly why I kind of disassociated myself a bit with the business coaching space and wanted to move away from that and talking more in mindset. 
And then that's why I've been attracting such aligned clients recently because I started being unapologetic. I started calling out this shit. I started, you know, just showing up as my rawest self, rawest self, if that's a word. And, you know, the recent client I signed, like I attracted that client because she's like wanting to do the same. Like she wants that same transformation. Like she wants to share, you know, all of the stuff all of the stuff that she's been scared to say that has been, you know, hiding in her notes app for like months. Um, so yeah, so when I shifted into that kind of aligned space, which was for me a lot more the mindset space and away from this kind of money pyramid, that's when I started attracting amazing clients who didn't necessarily care about the money. Like that was not necessarily the forefront of why they wanted to work together. And that's exactly why they're so much more aligned. Yes, this is why I compared it to a pyramid scheme. It is a money pyramid. Yeah, I would call it a money pyramid. Having been in an MLM, I, Huda, oh my God, hi. I didn't realize you were on here. Huda is my one-to-one -one client. I was just sharing the story about. Um, yeah, I don't personally agree with the com exact comparison to being an MLM. Having been in one, it's not exactly the same. There's big differences, but I, I like the, the wording of like a money pyramid. I think there's definitely similarities in the marketing. That's the biggest similarities with MLM. Like the way that people market it is very similar. And the smoke and mirrors is extremely similar. So yeah, I like the wedding money pyramid. Um, last one, last point. Invest from a place of wanting, not needing. If there is a coach where you have to be like, I need to be like them kind of thing, it's not a healthy relationship. Like, like first point, because kind of this is two-pronged. First point, if you are watching someone and you feel like I literally need to be this person, like I need to have their life, I need to be everything like them, and then that's often what leads to becoming a carbon copy of that person, you know, that's not, that's not a healthy relationship, firstly. And I think a lot of the coach industry plays into that idea. And like, despite coaches, I see them sometimes create posts, like, I don't want you to be a carbon copy of me. But their marketing, the way they are, plays into it. Like the previous coach I worked with literally told me to launch a mini mind because she had a mini mind. And I was, I remember thinking like, I've never wanted to create this. Like, why would I do it? But then I was like, okay, I mean, yeah. Um, cause I kind of fell into that and she was kind of benefiting from that. And I think as a coach, if you want your clients to be like you, like that's something for you to look at personally yourself as well. Like if you want to assimilate your clients to, to be the same as you, even if it's subconscious, maybe find it easier to just coach people who are like the same as you and exactly the same niche doing the exact same thing. And then I think that's something to look at within you and probably coming from a mindset thing there. Um, there's nothing wrong with wanting to work with people who are like similar to you, like similar personality wise, for example, but like wanting to do some, like wanting to work with someone who does everything the exact same as you, like that's a bit of a, of a red flag. Um, and I have a post coming about this, but it's exactly why I love working with coaches. My amazing Huda, who, oh, I love listening to you. Genuinely, you're so sweet, thank you. Um, my amazing Huda as a coach, doing amazing, but she's very different to me, you know, like a lot more in the therapy route, trauma-informed, IFS trained, all of those good things. Um, but that's the reason why I don't just work with coaches. Like I've worked with a lot of different people and I love keeping it that way because I learn so much working from people of different professions. And that's the truth. Like I become a better coach by working with a range of different people. Like if I just work with always only say like mindset coaches or business coaches, like I would always just be creating the same strategy or helping people with the same strategy for everyone. 
and I would not have any variety in my coaching and my advice, anything like that. So working with different people makes me a better coach. Anyway, um, second point, if you invest from this mindset of I need to be fixed, so this mindset of needing rather than wanting, which is a lack mindset, a place of insecurity, the coaching can't really help you. As like I said, you might just end up becoming the carbon copy of that coach. Like, don't get me wrong, I've been there, but the best way to invest is to invest from a place of feeling secure in yourself, loving yourself, a place of self-love where you've done a lot of work in yourself. That's what I love about my latest client, Huda. She's done a lot of work on herself. She's extremely self-aware. She's extremely empowered, but she knows that she has certain gaps that she desires to get help with. And, you know, if you desire to have that springboard, that accountability partner every day, but it's not coming from a place of, I'm not gonna succeed like without this, or I need this in my life, I need this to validate me. So like the thing is that you don't need a mentor, like you don't need one, but a mentor can get you to where you want to be a lot faster. And it's if you desire to be held and supported by that kind of person and have that kind of, like I said, accountability partner, springboard in your day-to-day -day life. That's the way I like to see with my clients. Like I don't like to see that I'm above them, I'm like co-creating with them. Like it's like a springboard for us to bounce different ideas off. Like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And I love that I also feel like I learn from my clients, which is something I don't feel a lot of coaches talk about, but that's why I like to attract, you know, a certain level of client and that have done work on themselves and all this kind of thing. And yeah, okay, this has been going on for bloody ages. Oh my God, 40 minutes. This has been going on for bloody ages. So I'm gonna wrap it up here. But to summarize, so I'm gonna summarize the red flags and I'm gonna summarize my points of how to invest in the right mentor. Red flags, using only money marketing, massively increasing their prices suddenly, only talking about their own results, no refund exit clause in the contract, telling you you should do this, you should do that, having too many clients, pressuring you on a discovery call. In the beginning of the coaching, a lot of we're gonna do this but not actually doing it, false promises. Eight points. And then how to invest in the right mentor. Number one, do your research. Number two, ask around and look out for this forum that I'm gonna announce later today. Number three, who do you feel connected to? Who do you feel that soul connection with? Number four, invest from a place of wanting, desiring, not needing. And that's it for this live slash podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I've loved talking to you and having this conversation. Message me if you have any questions, follow-ups to this, or if you're watching the replay, feel free to comment your thoughts and my phone is literally about to die. So I will speak to you all soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was exactly what you needed to hear today. Screenshot and share the episode to your Instagram stories and tag me at The Unapologetic Mentor so I can learn your main takeaways and share you with my community. And if you love this episode, please leave me a review so we can get the podcast out to more heart-centered entrepreneurs who need it. I'll see you in the next episode.